ain't nothing to it but to do it. This is Skull Funk Radio with your host, Food One. Yeah, 
What can I tell ya? This is Skull Funk Radio Volume 7. I am your host, Food One, a.k.a. the Johnny Royale of the comic book industry. And I'm fresh off a plane from L.A., Los Angeles Comic Con, Halloween weekend, killer times, fun all around. And uh, the pattern of the show seems to be I do a Comic-Con, I come home, and I do the podcast when I'm slightly tired and out of my mind, and then I get back on the road again, which I'm about to do very soon. (sighs) Delicious coffee. Going to North Carolina in a couple days, Durham, last Comic-Con of the year, I'm excited. And I will give you a full report on that in Volume 8. Let's start off with some music. Up From the South is the name of the track that started off this entire show. The Budos Band, 2005. Incredible, epic, instrumental, cinematic, funk, soul groove from Staten Island. Those guys are on the Deptone Records label which that label puts out nothing but gold. So go ahead and uh, search your local record store or your local trusty spot for uh, everything they put out. Grab that stuff, put it under your arm like a smooth pimp, walk home, put the big 70s cans on, the 70s headphones, rock out to that. Speaking of the 70s, the second track, Jew, Jupiter, Ganymed, 1978, Jew, J-U, Jupiter. Don't be confused. I can tell, I can sense there's already people running to their computers, to Twitter, running to their local congressmen, uh, state representatives, complaining, shocked, horrified. Food One said something anti-Semitic, something Jew-related, something about Jews on his podcast. Uh, Militias are forming. People are posseing up to rally against Skull Funk Radio. Calm down. Keep it in check. We are your friends. It's just the title of a song, J-U-Jupiter. Don't be confused. Uh, You know... These guys are an Austrian band, very, very high on cocaine. 
space disco from the late 70s as only that period could deliver. And they would show up in alien monster outfits and perform live. They had a blonde-haired disco queen chick as their lead singer, who I believe Marvel Comics ripped off for the Dazzler character. Go ahead and do some research on that. Hit me back. Let me know your opinion. Who created Dazzler? Was it Chris Claremont? I don't know, uh, but uh, I guess I could Google that, but I'm in the middle of a show. But um, I think she's the basis for Dazzler. I'm going to go ahead and say it. And Ghani Med, along with the band Space, huge instrumental inspiration precursors to what Daft Punk would become. Daft Punk just did it better and way more successful. But we got three killer records from this weird group, Ghani Med, and uh, I would definitely recommend search those out. You won't regret it. The set ended with Thundercat. Oh shit, it's X is the name of the song. 2013 from the Apocalypse record. Thundercat, incredible producer, bass player, multi-instrumentalist. I used to run into him from time to time in LA, either at the do-over or root down. Killer guy, awesome talent. Part of that Flying Lotus, Brain Feeder Records, Kamasi Washington, Kendrick Lamar, school of West Coast talent. Those guys are all crushing it, all worth checking out. Oh shit, it's X. Uh, killer dance track about the effects of MDMA. If you're gonna do it, get the pure MDMA. You don't want Molly. Trust me on this. Know your drugs, know your street dealers. In the late 90s, 97, I moved to Tempe, Arizona, and the desert rave scene was in full effect. And you would get flyers around town that would tell you to call a specific number on the day of the party. And you'd call that number and it would be a voice recording and they would let you know the secret location of the rave that night. You'd posse up with your friends, pack up the car, get your gear, drive out to the middle of bumfuck nowhere in the desert at night. And this was the era where you could still find pure MDMA. You'd drop your MDMA, party your ass off, laugh, hug everyone, love everything, dance for 10 hours, and then drive home at like six or seven in the morning and it all managed to work out just fine. Um, very specific, glorious era of music and party culture, I guess I would call it. Uh, good times, know your shit, don't be a dummy. Um, LA, thank you to everyone who came by. Thank you to my crew. Thank you, Jane Dope, for letting me crash on your couch. Love all you guys. Had a killer time. That convention's always fun. Hung out with my boy, Scotty Young. Took him to a house party on Friday night in Los Feliz that uh, my friend Anna, it was her house. She's been having parties there for years. And we all hung out like a bunch of weirdos in front of the house on the, on the porch, drinking wine, talking shit, 
and having a good time. Scotty thought it'd be funny to check people's IDs as they came into the house. People actually thought he was like a doorman or a bouncer of some sort. He's a very tall, large man. I don't mean like fat, I just mean like a large presence and loud, boisterous, very fun, very outgoing guy. And these young, dumb <laughs> kids in their 20s and early 30s were walking into the party and Scotty would stop them and be like, yo, we need to see a little ID. And they'd give him their wallet or their ID and he'd check it. And as he was handing it back to them, he would say, oh man, I'm just fucking with you. Go ahead, go into the party. And they'd look at him like, wait, what? what what's going on? So, we acted like idiots and had fun and had a good time. And uh, it was good to be back in the city of weirdness. Got some fun shit cooking there, some top secret shit, some meetings that might be progressing into cool animated things happening. I don't want to give too much away. I guess that's all I'll say about it for now. If you follow my social media, Instagram and whatnot, you probably know a little bit better what I'm talking about. But I'm just gonna throw out little teasers, little uh, hints of things to come and keep you guys updated as magical occurrences develop. Okay? Let's get back into the mix. Let's get into the B-Boys. I'll talk to you in a minute.
nice the bombastic sounds of chibomato uh that is mfn hotel valentine is the lp from 2014 when chibomato first showed up i discovered them when i was in college i guess in like 94 95 and all their songs were about food and they're fucking great. They're still around, still making records. One of those bands that's still making records that I guess you wouldn't realize it unless you do the investigation, unless you're a hardcore fan. But uh, I think they always deliver, always fantastic. And that track rocks. Right before that, Beck, Nicotine and Gravy, 1999 from the Midnight Vultures record. When that record dropped in 99, man, I was listening to the shit out of that record. Uh, Back fresh off of Odelay, which was one of me and my crew's favorite records to come out when we were in college. A Dust Brothers production, a brilliant LP. Um, Midnight Vultures, also fantastic and just full of such great, great music, great funk, great rock, electro, Gary Wilson-inspired, magical fun, is what I would say. And, you know, speaking of Dust Brothers, man, we started the set off with my boys, Beastie Boys, Car Thief, 1989 Paul's Boutique. Obviously, if you follow my work, you know what a fanatic I am about Paul's Boutique. You know that I am a disciple of the record of the B-Boys. They are a group that I most associate with basically growing up with a band. Like, they've been part of every era of my life, starting with Licensed to Ill, when it came out, uh, that was the very first tape cassette I bought with my own money when I was in fifth or sixth grade, I believe. Um, The music had a huge impact on me and my friends. We were very young, impressionable, wannabe skate punk idiots, and the Beastie Boys and their shenanigans in that era were perfect for us. The ironic thing is, in 89 when Paul's Boutique came out, all of us hated it. 
No one liked the record. We didn't understand it. It was way, 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 way ahead of its time. And if you're listening to this show, I'm assuming you know the specialness of the record. You know that it's a genius, monumental piece of uh, music production history. Um, It's debatable, but the album probably contains the most samples ever on any record. It was before sample clearances kicked in. Uh, The production team of Beastie Boys, Dust Brothers, and the magical, mysterious Matt Dyke, who would go on to co-found Delicious Vinyl Records, produced this record in Los Angeles in 89, and it's, it's a masterpiece. It's a 10 out of 10. It's a perfect record. They could never reproduce what happened during that period. It was um, capturing lightning in a bottle, you know. Uh, going back to Matt Dyke real quick, Matt in his shitty Hollywood apartment where they did a lot of production work on Paul's Boutique, he also produced Tone Lokes, monumental, huge, chart-crushing hits. Uh, Wild Thing, Funky Cold Medina, and Young MC, um, all that stuff. You know, uh, Bust a Move was the Young MC track. Um, so those songs made Matt, you know, a millionaire, a, a rich guy, and he wound up selling off his part of Delicious Vinyl years later and just kind of disappearing into obscurity. But um, when Paul's Boutique came out. One of the big turnoffs of the record for me and my friends was uh, they debuted with Hey Ladies as a music video. (sighs) Coffee break there. Um, And when my friends and I saw the Hey Ladies music video, we were completely terrified and scared because we thought the Beastie Boys were trying to bring back 70s fashion. We were in our new wave, new alternative punk style, whatever you call it, like shaved heads on the side, long hair, combat boot, skater, Midwest 89 fashion, whatever you want to call that, thrift store, punk wannabe. and. We saw this video where the guys are up at the G-Spot, this mansion in the Hollywood Hills, and they're wearing Afro wigs and silk shirts and butterfly collars and bell-bottoms, platform shoes, and we thought the Beastie Boys were, were gonna bring back 70s fashion and we were gonna have to wear this shit. We were so confused. The record was so far ahead of its time that we had no idea what we were, they were doing. It was over our heads and we just didn't get it and no one listened to the record and the record did not do well when it came out. It wouldn't be until 92 when Check Your Head came out. My friends and I all fell in love with that record. We played it nonstop. It was the perfect record for that era of being in high school. And it made us revisit Paul's Boutique. And upon revisiting it, just three years after its release, we realized that Paul's Boutique is fucking brilliant. It's incredible. And then when I went off to college and started doing my funk research, 
uh, collecting funk records, collecting the records that hip hop samples from, it very quickly dawned on me that Paul's Boutique is one of the most important records ever made. And definitely in my top five of all time, if not my number one of all time, so much that it influenced me to write and draw an entire comic book about the record called Ask for Janice. I did this back in like 2005, 2006, self-published it, re-released it a couple years ago. Um, the book was actually picked up and became part of NYU's curriculum, which is one of, uh, I don't know, my more proud moments of my career, I guess, like something I wrote in my little apartment in Hollywood, wrote and drew when I was high, wound up on, at, in the curriculum at a prestigious college in New York City. And that happened because uh, Harry Winger, who is a brilliant guy, producer, author, music scholar, he wrote the liner notes on James Brown's Star Time four-disc collection. And uh, him and Questlove were teaching a music appreciation class at NYU. And he emailed me and asked me if he could order copies of the book for the whole class because the way they broke the class down was each, each session, each class was a different album that they would talk about and review and research. And they had Paul's Boutique on their list for that year. So my book was part of the curriculum. Um, huge honor for me, you know, and one major regret of my career, I couldn't go out to be part of the class. NYU didn't offer to pay for my ride or whatever to get me out there. I had booked a convention that weekend and then it turns out I don't show up and, and uh, it turns out that Mike D and Ad-Rock showed up for the class and sat in. So I could have been up there with those guys um, talking about Paul's Boutique, but you know, these things happen. Um, I met Mike D in LA a couple years ago when Hot, Hot Sauce Committee came out and they were doing a release event for it. And before the party, I was at the Pig and Whistle bar and I saw Mike alone checking his phone at the bar. And I just felt like this is the only time I'm ever gonna get a chance to talk to one of the Beastie Boys. And I don't ever bother celebrities when I see them, or it's not something you do, especially in LA, because everyone's worried about looking like an idiot, whatever. So, but I, I just said, fuck it, and I went up to him, and as I was approaching him, <laughs> he looked at me and gave me this look like, oh no, why are you approaching me? Like, why are you coming up to talk to me? And I was like, shit, fuck, I have to do this really quickly. So I just started explaining to him very quickly, like, hey, my name is Jim Offwood. I wrote and drew this comic book, Ask for Janice, that my buddy Nelson George, the uh, music critic, writer, gave you a copy of it. And as I started saying all this, his expression on his face started to change and he was like, oh, okay, yeah. 
Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, okay. And he shook my hand, and we had a moment, and we talked, and uh, basically, I mean, you know, sometimes you meet your heroes, and, and the Beastie Boys are at the top of my list. I saw them perform many times in my life. I've listened to their records countless times, and I basically was able to tell one of the guys, like, your music changed my life. It had a huge, huge impact on my life and on my tastes and, and the things that I'm interested in. And it has inspired me to make many, 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 many pieces of art and comics and express myself. And uh, it was cool, man. And he, you know, we had this good exchange, shook hands, and, he, and, and then I was, I was out. I was out of there before I made a complete dick of myself. Um, if you want to check out Ask for Janice, you can buy it on my website, jimmafu.com. Shameless plug right there. The book is based on the little 33 and a third book that Dan Leroy wrote about Paul's Boutique. Then I read Dan's book and was so entertained and taken with the stories of Beastie Boys leaving Def Jam, going to LA, going to Capitol Records, and their Los Angeles adventures while making this album should be its own separate documentary, its own movie. So fun, so wild that I hit up Dan Leroy and asked him if I could reinterpret his book into this comic book project. He said, fuck yes, man. Send me a copy when it's done. And that is the story of Ask for Janice. And it's crazy because two days ago, the Beastie Boys book just arrived on my doorstep. Huge, thick, hardcover, gorgeous retrospective of their career written by Mike D and Ad-Rock. I started flipping through it and reading it last night and like my mind is blown already. And... Um, I'm going to have to spend some time with it, but holy shit, if you're a Beastie Boys fan, pick this thing up. It's the complete, full-blown history of Beastie Boys. Photos, artwork, beautifully designed, beautifully put together. And I mean, I'll admit it, I mean, flipping through it, seeing photos of them through all their eras, the photos of MCA who passed away, I got like, uh, you know, choked up looking at it. I got teary-eyed. And more on that after this. You are about to embark on the most wonderful experience I will not explain at this moment how and why it works. I don't have the time, 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 have the time. Just that. Thank you. 
across my beating heart to do. So, yeah, last talking part uh, was interrupted by a knock on my door by the UPS guy, so I apologize for the uh, abrupt ending there. But you probably didn't need to hear me talk more about how I was crying or whatever while looking at the Beastie Boys book, so it's probably better that it ended when it did. So we'll keep this one uh, shorter. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age, we just heard The Way You Used to Do from their new record, Villains. I'm digging that LP. It's got kind of a throwback Stooges mixed with Bowie, Brian Eno, Berlin era production, dark tinged style to it. If you, if you catch my drift, I think you'll dig the record. Uh, before that, Guts. Back to the New School is the name of the track from their Paradise for All 2012 album. Pick that up. You'll have a good time drawing and painting to that one. And starting off the set, my homeboy from L.A. Beat Junkies crew represent Stone's Throw Records, represent the mighty J-Rock with Stop Trying. Some Cold Rock Stuff is his record put out in 2011. J-Rock, one of my favorite live DJs of all time, a good guy, a gentleman connoisseur of fine music and taste making and record producing and comic book junkie. Ex-comic book store employee, I found out, and him and I would always have cool talks about the nerdy things in life, the important things if you catch my drift. And uh, if you get a chance, 
Go check out my homeboy Scott Mosier's new movie, the new Grinch animated film is in theaters right now. It's great. Scott was in Paris the last 18 months working his ass off on that thing. If you get a chance, check it out. Fun stuff. Support the homies and show the love. At Jim Mafood is my Instagram daily updates, video stories, behind the scenes shenanigans. You know the deal. And if you can spread the word, man, skullfunkradio.fireside.fm is the site, is the place that you want to be listening. It's free. Let the folks know. Let the people in your town know. Go down to the local farmer's market. Let, let people know where to find the music. Go to the pumpkin patch. Let them know what's happening. Gonna shout out, as always, Matthew's Wiki, the mysterious Justin K, both on production. Couldn't do the show without them. Jane Dope for the sweet intro, thank you. And all you guys for listening, you're fantastic human beings, and I'll catch you real soon. Have a good one out there. Fuck yeah.